Welcome to the Curious Creators Podcast, the place which allows you to explore your imagination, creativity, and listen to expert insights from the world of art and design. Hello, everyone. Boreda, Nauda, Noswaida. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Curious Creative Podcast. And today, join the conversation is Bruno Porto, a Brazilian graphic designer and educator who is also a PhD researcher at Tilburg University in Holland. This is Eliana Pacheco, and I am here with Adele Phillips. So Bruno is also a consultant from Brazil with work featured in more than 50 international publications and exhibit in the Americas, Asia, Africa, and Europe. He's also a creator of graphic design exhibitions all over the world, and he was appointed ambassador of Latin design by the Latin Design Committee at the Design School of Forum in 2015 in Argentina. To remember at international awards such as IF Design Award, Adobe Design Achievement Awards, and the CLAP Awards on graphic design, branding, and communication. He's also an author and editor of books on graphic design, communication, and typography, currently investigating graphic design and visual communication aspects of comics and their components. So let's talk about Bruno. Welcome, Bruno, to our podcast, Curious Creatures. Boa noite, boa noite, bom dia, hello. I, I don't know all the, you know, proper... Uh, greetings, but I'll just do the, the basic Brazilian one. Uh, thank you, Eliana. Thank you, Adele, for, for the invite. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure uh, to talk about Bruno, you know, as Disney has this Brunophobia going around, <laughs> which started with Silencio Bruno, and then, and then, let's, then we don't talk about Bruno. So it's, it's fantastic. Let's here. do something Thank different. You. Let's talk about Bruno. <laughs> so Bruno, uh, I was I was remembered that we first met at a design meeting in Belgium more than 20 years ago. And I remember that you were already involved in design, embracing the diversity found in environments far away from Brazil, but somehow taking the Brazilian culture with you. So please tell us a little bit about your background and how you connect graphic design, Brazil, and the world. Um, I was born and raised in, in Rio de Janeiro, in Brazil. And I think that um, ever since I was 16, I guess I'd say, um, every 10 years, I leave Brazil. I eventually come back, but then Every 10 years, you know, I, I see myself leaving. I, I was an exchange student uh, in the United States when I was 16. And then about nine years later, um, well, I, I, I studied graphic design. I, I have, a, uh, I have a, a, a bachelor's degree in graphic design. I have a um, post-graduation degree in in marketing, let's put it like this. It's more like entrepreneurship, management, but it's basically marketing. 
And uh, now I do have a master's in communication and I'm doing a PhD on, as you said, comic books um, or on aspects of graphic design within comic books. And then when I finished college in Brazil, um, around 23 or 24 years old, I spent a year in, in New York uh, where I was taking uh, continuing education courses at the School of Visual Art. And I returned to Brazil. Then I spent about uh, 10 years, both at, with my studio, with my graphic design studio in Rio, and teaching graphic design in the college where I was, where I had graduated from. And then uh, 10 years later, uh, I was invited to go to China to teach graphic design, to teach typography. Uh, for Chinese students, it was in, um, uh, in the early uh, 21st century when China was preparing to, 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 to take the world as, as it is today. And um, it was a two-year contract, but I stayed six years there. Uh, is where I met my wife, who is Brazilian, not Chinese, but where my son was born. And um, we returned to Brazil after six years to Brasilia, and uh, where I was the, the, uh, the program director for the graphic design course in a college there, uh, the Centro Universitario IESB. And then about five years ago, um, we came to the Netherlands. And um, my wife works for the Foreign Affairs Ministry of Brazil, and she's posted here in, in The Hague. So that's where, I'm, that's where we are now. But we are also about to move again to, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, to Toronto, Canada. Ah, yes, it's, it's decided. Oh, yes, wow. it's, it's settled. It's settled. Oh, In breaking few... news. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to be moving there for about five years too, and um, and 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 I like going abroad. I like traveling. I Brazil is such a huge country, as Eliana knows, mm -hmm. and um, I was very lucky as a student to be able to travel in the national um, students, the national design student meeting that used to happen every year, every July in our winter break. So it's a week. So I pretty much travel all over Brazil uh, with, you know, with meetings, with these meetings, with this uh, conference, student conference, let's say. And it really helped me out because I know, I think that when you travel, um, you see things, I mean, of course, you see different things, even if you travel to another state from in, within your country or here in Europe where, you know, you just ride, you drive like two hours and then you're already in another country, right? Which is not a, is, is not what happens in Brazil. You can drive 10 hours and still, stay in the same country speaking the same language um, but even even there you do have different cultures or different habits and I think that when you travel when you come back you know more about yourself you have seen things under a different perspective you have um, enriched yourself with different habits I mean I like traveling it's you know so i i think that um 
in a way you you sort of become an ambassador of your culture your country your habits and the fact that especially if you you know you bring stuff back uh, home whatever home is it it just it just mixes it just you know um, brazil is a is a is a is a culture is a it's a mixed culture we have a lot of mixed cultures we are a country of um, immigrants uh, we were colonized by europeans so it, it, it all kind of mixes and for us this is you know it's every, very, very just rich. a regular tuesday it's very rich in terms of imagery and uh, everything that linked with graphic design and when you have this experience you have had the same mm -hmm as well in Brazil, and I know living in different cities, we really get in contact with different cultures. Uh, Adele would like to ask you? Yeah, um, so I'm really interested, especially uh, as we were talking at the beginning, um, about your research on comics. Uh, in particular, I'm, I'm interested in the approach because uh, you're taking it from a graphic designer's perspective, right? So this is something, I mean, I've, I've studied uh, comic books um, mm -hmm. for such a long time and there are elements I can see related, but how, please tell us more about the, um, the research you're doing as uh, you're approaching it from a graphic designer's perspective then. Sure. Um, I think I... I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those kids that I was one of those kids who uh, was always reading comic books. I pretty yeah. much learned oh, yeah. how to read by reading comic books. It, it expands your world. It, it, it forms uh, a lot of uh, the visual vocabulary that we still carry on today. And um, I think I was sort of driven um, to, to graphic design because of comic books. Because um, my father's an architect. So in our house, we used to, I mean, I, I was used to seeing people drawing for a living, right? And I always liked drawing. So of course, when you're a kid, you always imagine I'm gonna be a comic, I wanna be a comic book uh, author or a comic book writer or, or, or artist or whatever. I mean, you just see yourself doing it. And you, I, I never really, you know, when it was about to, you know, when you should uh, start working on this professionally, um, it never took off. It never took off. Um, I was born in, in the 70s in Brazil. And so in the, in the 80s, we didn't have much of a, it was not much of a career doing this. And um, as, I, as I mentioned, I was an exchange student. And when I was in high school in the States, there was a there was a, a, an art class, the basic drawing and painting class in high school. And the teacher there, he saw me and he saw the things I was, in, I was doing. And he said, I think you're going to enjoy taking another class also, which is called graphics. So I just went on and I found out it was the class, the, the subject where we used to do the yearbook, the school yearbook. And it was in a way, an introduction to graphic design in the 80s, because this is, uh, we didn't have any computers. So everything was done, what we call today, old school, right? Where you had to, you know, just uh, specify type and photo, do the photographs and, 
and enlarge them and develop them and enlarge the market and everything. So in a way, I found out that I was also able to tell stories, to tell a story through graphic design, through the manipulation of photography, through uh, typography, to um, a logo tells you a story. Right in a in a in a specific amount of time, different than a poster does, but it also tells a story. A, a book cover tells you a story, and a, a a comic book, right? A comics tell you a story. So I never worked in exactly doing comics. I've done a few here and there, but not professionally. And um, but my, 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 my graduation project back in the 90s, in the early 90s, was the visual identity of um, a mini series, a comic book mini series, because this was something that had come up during the, you know, the 80s, right? Graphic novels and mini series. So, I, so my, my graduation project over 30 years ago was, um, graphic was a graphic design for for comic books and never touched that i had a practice and everything so i returned to comic books more more when i was inside academia because um as a as a graphic designer a lot of my work was with editorial design with book covers and I started seeing that there was some sort of connection, some sort of influence from comic books from nowadays, from you know the, the, the contemporary comic books in book covers, in regular book covers, in fiction book covers, in adventure book covers. And this all comes with a sort of a pop culture uh, time that we, we do with a lot of transmedia that has been happening in the last 20 years. So um, I've started studying this and I realized that no one has um, ever really uh, researched academically comic book covers. You, you do have, as you know, um, um, a, a, a vast field of comics studies um, within everything, with everything, within the character, within politics, within gender, within the, the graphic aspects, with the onomatopoeia, with colors, everything. But no one has ever, has never went into comic book covers. And it is a sort of ephemera. And if you have for example, the, the, the comics that we used to read, that we read in Brazil, are not the same comics that are read in the US or in the UK. And let's say, for example, let's, let's get like Superman comics that's originally published in the United States. When this is published in Brazil, the stories are the same. They're translated to Portuguese, but they have a lot of times, quite often, a different cover. There was there is design specifically for the Brazilian markets. They don't use necessarily the original cover, and this has to do with um, with culture. It has to do with the name the characters are named when they are translated. It has to do with what type of uh, of, of of paper you have, what sizes of paper you have in a different country, and the same thing when, for example, it's published in the UK. You don't you you don't get necessarily the same 
original comics that you do have um, in the US or when you get, you know, different, different comics. So the comic book cover, it is a, a very specific um, part of a culture, even though some characters may be uh, global. Um, so what I wanted to understand is that now that comics, I mean, or at least let's say the comic book as, a, as, a, as an object, as a, as a product has existed since the 1930s, so for the last 90 years, what, what were the changes that happened to the comic book cover? Um, what were the changes, what, what, the, the, what sort of, a, you know, in terms of everything, in terms of logo, in terms of, of um, the, uh, the placements of price, the, the publisher's logos, the, the, the image of the scores, everything has changed. And in the last, I would say, decades, maybe a bit more, he has gone even uh, more, um, even more radical changes because of the digital publishing, because we are in the digital age. So a lot of things that we took for granted because we would get comics from, a, from the newsstand or from a, 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 a comic shop or from a, li- a bookstore, right? Uh, now, you know, your, your, your point of purchase is this little uh, rectangle that we're looking at each other. So it's, it's, the, it's, it's the screen and can be a, a mobile screen, can be a tablet screen, can be a desktop screen. So you already sense things that have changed in comic books. For example, digital comics, they don't have the price anymore because they, the prices, you know, in a hypertext, in a different context, right? So, that, so these, this is what I've been researching. What were the changes and what's happening now as we enter the digital age? Very interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe we can just have a, a very good long talk about comics. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And, and the questions about, I was mm. thinking when you were saying about how uh, the globalization, how was the role of globalization in this moment? It, it, it's really allowing people to have their own culture in the comic books or in some way or not. You, some thinking because it's easier to have done in a place and it's cheaper. It's the same all around the world. Or, I mean, or, I was be, like, God. <laughs> to be honest with you, um, there is even, I even have uh, books that I have bought um, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, uh, you know, so I think there was one the other day that uh, I picked up the exact same book and we're talking like, uh, I think it's about 15 years later mm-hmm. and it's completely changed from the platform, the size that it's being produced, mm-hmm. the cover's completely different. It, it's exactly like you say, it's, it's fascinating. It really is. Yeah. yeah and, and, and in a way, um, I mean, visual age has enabled a lot of things. I mean, obviously, but within comics um, in if, if first it opened the possibility for you to, uh, to tackle subjects that 
would not maybe possible to be done in in in, in a printed uh, or in a distribution or go to the comic book so there's a lot of niches that has been that have been that are being expanded for example there's a lot of lgbtq uh ia plus uh comics and subjects that happen in digital comics in digital publications because they maybe would not have enough market if they were printed and and and, and distributed in comic shops um there's this aspect and i'm talking about for mostly superhero comics which is still a man's world which is still there's a lot of uh homophobia there's a lot of uh, uh um, gender phobia in a way so some shops some comic shops are not the most welcome place for 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 women to to buy their comics or to go in there and obviously this has been changed this had, uh, has been changing or has been evolving but still now that you do for example i was reading a an article on comicsology which now is in in kindle right i mean because it was bought by by amazon and the if you you have um for printed superhero books you have about 20 percent of a female uh readership but when you go into digital it's close to 50 and in some titles it's even 60 percent over male so it, it is you you can do that and Digital comics, they also have been um, testing the waters for some characters or for some product. And if it's good enough, okay, okay, we published six issues of digital comics with this particular character or this particular story. Did it sell well? Oh, it sold well. Okay, so let's put it together in a trade paperback and put it, you know, and print it and put it on store. So it's, it, it, it does incorporate a lot of things. And, um, yeah, so so in 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 in, in, in digital is um, when of course the, the research is about comic books or at least you know the, the the focus is on comic book covers, but in a way it deals with with everything that publishers and newspapers mm -hmm. and uh, media is dealing today. I mean, so it is in a way. In a grand, if you, you take, if you look at, you know, the larger picture, is what's happening when we move from paper to digital. Yeah, wonderful. It's very, very, very interesting. I mentioned at the beginning that you, you taught in China. I'd like to know more about this. You have taught in China for six years and you have written a book where there is a special attention to this period where you reflect on Brazilian graphic design in the world. Please tell us how you see the connection of a particular culture in the world. Is this a fight to be fought or particular identities like the Welsh will be naturally connected to the world as far as we participate into the graphic design network of meetings and awards? Uh, how was your experience on this? I, I well, first I, I, I should start by saying that living in China was a big game changing for me was it, it, it especially I, I i joke because i i i kid that i lived in three different chinas 
I lived in China uh, before the Olympics, before the Beijing Olympics. I lived in China between uh, from 2006 to 2012. So the Olympics, the 2008 Olympics. So I lived two years mm -hmm. there where you had, for example, nothing was written in English. There was no Google Translator. Google Translator was born in 2007. So, yeah. So it, it was a, it was a China, and then I had China from 2008 until 2010, which was the uh, the Shanghai Expo, the the World's Fair, in which China really opened to the world, right? And then I had the a little the aftermath of that from 2010 until 2012. So it it was it it really changed um, a lot of my perceptions that uh, we have regarding not only our countries, our specific countries, but what we call the West or what we call mainstream, right? Because you're, you're approaching um, a culture and 22% uh, of the people in the world are Chinese that um, I, I was, for example, I was teaching graphic design there and I was teaching typography and uh, some of my students they didn't they were not raised understanding the difference between uh, uppercase and lowercase characters right and when we or when we give like an example like an art direction example oh this is too much pop art or this is pop art or this is Liechtenstein or this is Andy Warhol they have no idea what you're talking about, right? So, because the 60s for them was something else, was the, 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 the cultural revolution was actually, you know, the opposite that we had in the West, in, you know, in the so-called West. And um, so first it was really mind-blowing. It was really, um, it was really something that I still carry with me, even though I left China, um, 10 years ago. I, I've been there uh, afterwards, but living there, it's, it's fantastic. Um, I think, I think that we're talking about international culture um, and, and, and it is nowadays, we are a global village. It's a cliche, but yes, we are. And um, let me tell you a story that might uh, answer this somehow. Um, uh, a couple, a couple months ago, I think two months ago, I did a little bit of a consulting for Spotify. Um, it was actually through a, a company that's in, in in both Germany and Brazil, um, uh, Flutter Innovation, and Spotify wanted help because he needed to understand if the imagery that they were using for their playlists in Brazil, if they were you know, accurate, if they were correct, or if they were, you know, they might have, if they were culturally correct, um, if they were somehow using imagery that would be offensive, 
right to towards Brazilian people and especially Brazil that is going through a, a difficult political social political phase so they wanted to to know that right so um, you know of course they do have a design guideline for that but they but the and, and this was something cool to find out is that the teams that design the the imagery for their playlists uh, uh, they are based in New York and Stockholm, right? <laughs> so, yes, there's. It's, it, <laughs> so they they are the ones, and, and and obviously there could be Brazilians there anyway, or there could be Latin American people there, but they just wanted to make sure. So it was a team of four people. We 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 did a a session, uh, I think a three or four hour sessions in where. We submitted some photos. We analyzed the photos that they were using, and it's fantastic because and, and and this was like open. You had people from all these different places, so they were from 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 uh, they were here in Europe. They were in the states. They were in Brazil. They were um, they were everywhere, right? And it is it is fantastic because. Sometimes you would see a, a photo that I'm pretty sure that no, someone who's not Brazilian would say, oh, this is just a, a barbecue, right? And we Brazilians would take a look and say, yeah, this is not in Brazil. No, 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 no. This is a grill. No, we don't do grill. We don't, mm, no. And, and see, we don't use long necks, long like bottles when we're in a barbecue. It's usually a can, right? So. And, 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 and also the people, you know, and obviously a lot of those photos were from, from photo stock uh, banks and everything and uh, image banks. And uh, even though they've got like the right people, you know, they have diversity in terms of color, everything, you will just go and say, no, but look, this, this guy looks Brazilian, but he, look, was look at he his is. socks. Socks yeah, going up. It's, it's not, you know. No, no. This this is a Brazilian guy in a IKEA setting. Mm -hmm. See, they don't have lamps like this in people's house. And and so so this is design. This is imagery. This is cultural, right? So I think that we are up to a point where um, brands they 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 talk globally. They will talk to both Wales and Brazil and uh, China. So they do need people with experts on that. One of the things that, I mean, basically the thing that I was doing in China, I was teaching Chinese designers um, an international standard of graphic design because China needed local designers that could uh, work with uh, with the brand book uh, by Nike or by Coca-Cola or by Apple because they would be the guys that were designing for for these companies there and at the same time they were the guys that are now designing for Chinese brands that are everywhere like Lenovo like everywhere that 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 we sell them so um, in a way, I think that the more you are uh, related to your culture, that the more that you know, just sort of look around. I mean, there's also this cliche about if you want to talk to the world, 
write about your village, right? Um, it's you you can live you can you can actually live in a very rich village, visually speaking, or uh, uh, sociologically, uh, diversity speaking, right? You can you can you, 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 your village doesn't have to be a small village. Your village can be. I mean, I'm from Rio. Rio is a eight million uh, people city with a lot of different cultures, right? So whenever I go. Um, you, I mean, you can take the man from real. You can take the man from real, but you cannot take the real from the man. So I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this, and the fact that you're just carrying around things, you're, 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 you're not losing anything if you're, if you keep, you know, the, 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 your, your design point of view, the visuals that you were brought in. So. I, I, I'm not sure if I answered the question. No, 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 no. I gave, at least I gave you food for thought. No, yes, yes, always. Thank you very much, Dale. Um, so uh, our next question. Um, your work, um, as Heliana introduced you uh, at the beginning, uh, your work um, as... Uh, on the the jury of IF Design Award um, and the the Adobe Design Achievement Awards and um, the CLAP Awards too, um, is that a particular uh, tendency that is there? Sorry, a particular tendency that you observe towards style, uh, subject, or even resources that uh, people are working with? Um, it's 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 not. It's not an easy answer as, say, for example, oh, the, the tendency nowadays, the trend is yeah. to use this particular typeface or to use this particular color palette. Um, I, first, I mean, if I, there, there are different goals for design, the way I see, mm -hmm. right? And in a way, I, I sort of, I sort of divide them into two different goals, two major different goals in terms of, of graphic design. Um, you can be designing something to belong, to be part of something, to be part of a culture, to be part, to communicate something which is related to, let's say for example, you're designing a, a poster for an exhibition about the Beatles. Uh, so you do have to design something that it's going to communicate to use aspects of the Beatles visual heritage. Let's put it this way. And you can design something. Sometimes you need to design something to... Um, to be taking notice of, to not belong, to be different, right? To, um, to be, to get all the attention and not belonging. Mm. It's, it, it, is, it, is, it is harder to, to put in words. It's something that I see, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, something need, I mean, uh, we 
we have this uh, the saying that uh, follow uh, the form follows function, right? So in a way, there's this two different functionalities that I see: something that needs to stand out and something that needs to be associated with something else, right? And um, so the the way I I I, I see. Um, when I see at the, the awards, a lot of the awards are giving to things that stand out, but not to things that um, belong to something, right? I mean, uh, design awards, they, they, they do uh, recognize a lot of different things, a lot of good design, a lot of attention grabbers, but not all the times they recognize, you know, good functionality in terms of design, right? It's much easier to 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 give an award, to get an award for a for a book cover, right? Than for uh, the book design itself, you know, the the graphic project, the way that typefaces were selected the way that the page design was laid out and everything but the cover no the cover is ah it's much more it's much easier um I, the way i the way I, I i i think in terms of of design awards and um it's not necessarily the trend or the the aesthetic but some of the values that are behind it. For example, um, I was a jury for the IF uh, Student Award this year uh, for the Professional Award last year. And there were a lot of things that because of the aftermath that we have with the pandemia, there's been going on. Right, so you do have a lot of, let's say, less advertising in posters and outdoors and a lot of digital campaigns, mm. for example. Um, in product design, we saw a lot of things designed for the office, for the house, okay. <laughs> right? Mm. For uh, being well then. Yeah. And we, we also saw a lot of... Um, uh, things related to having, you know, not not gym, but you know, just having your exercise, uh, exercise outdoors, but you know, but not not related to 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 gym things. Like for example, you need to go out and you know just throw a frisbee or do some some exercise because we we spent you know if we were still around, if we are still around, we probably spent a, a good deal of time inside. So um, a lot of things that have been uh, developed, for example, podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. We Podcasts were something that existed before, but they just <laughs> took a huge impact on everything and YouTube channels and lives and everything. So a lot of the campaigns that we could see, a lot of graphic design had to be redimensioned towards the digital world, digital new model, new, new, new uh, 
uh, how do you call that? Uh, uh, new normal. New normal. Right? <laughs> Digital is new normal. I mean, it's normal. We are talking here in different countries, different time zones. We used to do that, but that allowed, I mean, we, we had, you know, to just book with a lot in advance. Nowadays, you just call me in the WhatsApp and we answer that and then we, we, we get scheduled this and everything. And in a few hours, it's gonna be on YouTube, that's it. So it's, it, it is something. And in a way, it's also changing how designers are working because um, as I, 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 I did a consultancy for, for, for Spotify, I've been doing some consultancy to uh, Brazilian agencies, American agencies, some European agencies regarding projects in China, for example. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about different time zones. We're talking about people in, in Asia, we're people in the Americas and in Europe, and we have to work around a, a time zone. And the teams, they are working on this. So especially us, we are educators. When we're teaching designers to enter the, 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 the workspace, right, to enter the industry, a lot of industry is not going to be, oh, I'm going to take a bus and then I'm going to go to an office and I'm going to sit within, in, in a computer with someone next to me and then they're going to call me to a meeting room. No, 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 no. It's going to be in this rectangle that we're looking at each other through. So this is, this is something that has been, that, that I, we see that it's sort of getting an impact in, in design today. I, I just remembering that you were in Portugal for a meeting with comics recently, and you were also in France, um, not now, but earlier. I love Europe. Yeah. I love Europe. It's so easier to travel than Brazil. It's yeah. <laughs> Anything interesting you saw there that you'd like to share with us about comic, the comic world? <laughs> Um, I've been I've been in this in this last five years that I've been here in the Netherlands. Uh, the Netherlands is such a great hub to to Europe, going everywhere. Um, I I I went to a, a couple of years ago. I mean, before pandemia, I went to a conference in Leeds. It was a Team Team conference uh -huh. in the in the Leeds School of uh, of Cinema, and uh it's 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 great i mean europe uh, europeans have there's there's this huge industry the the which is the, the 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 french belgium comics that go around which it really conflicts with the american comics even even the terms uh, bande dessinée versus comics oh. right and um we see a rise of the manga we definitely see a rise in the manga, even in France. There, it's you know, it's it's it already surpassed the 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 European comics, the sales of manga in 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 France and in the States. The gender it's already being incorporated. A lot of aspects have been incorporated into anything, and we do have something that is completely like digital which is, are the, the webtoons, the mobile comics, which are comics that are designed, they're written and drawn 
to be read in mobiles in wow. your you know uh, in small screen you just scroll and it's such a big change it's such a big change it's it's like when uh, the the comics left the newspapers the newspaper strip and went into comic books so it completely completely revolutionized i have a curiosity in this uh, mobile comics uh, how is the the text there is still in balloons or they invent a new thing for the text it is basically it's still in balloons What but first you have a lot of less text you need uh -huh. to have less text yeah right you, it, in a way it's very is more similar to the comic strip that we used to read on the papers yes and uh, it's and um, even the vocabulary when we in in, in in comic books we say oh it's an arc story or this is the uh, an issue number no 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 over there they're talking in, in webtoon language they're talking about seasons uh -huh. and episodes Ah. So this is a streaming it's not about chapter it's the it's streaming vocabulary so yes we are getting transmediatic even in, in in linguistics right and so the text you you of course you do you can have a soundtrack you can have motion but okay. then that's also technology Right, but you do have so, but there are some particularities on on webtoons that it's also a, a brand new world to explore, right? And it's uh, I think we are in 2022. At the end of 2021, before pandemics, it was supposed to to go to one billion dollars industry, right? So it is it is big, and if it, but it's not targeted to us. Uh -huh. Right, it's targeted to 14, 15, 16 years old, year old. Uh, people that use the mobile as if there was no tomorrow, or actually that have always been using a mobile ever since. I mean, they they don't know what the landline is, so it's a mobile thing. Well, and, uh, this is very interesting, my god. <laughs> when you but, have but then, then this is all connected, yeah. Oh, about Portugal and, and France, it's you do have a lot of similarities, uh -huh. but you see that the big part of industry is still holding on to you know what what used to work, even though it's not working anymore. If we're talking about distribution, if we're talking about paper, for example, with the war and pandemia, there's a big shortage of paper. Yes. Nowadays. So there are a lot of books, for example, that would be published in Brazil that are not published anymore. I was just talking to a friend there that does when whenever there's a World Cup, he does a book on the World Cup. And this is the first time in the last, I don't know, 10 or 12 years that they're not going to have it because there are no paper in Brazil mm -hmm. to publish a book about World Cup. Well, somebody is burning the trees now, so it's difficult to have a paper mill. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, that's not going. That's no got even going there. <laughs> But well, we're arriving at the end, uh, uh, Bruno, and we really would like to thank you very much for your participation in our podcast. We hope to meet you in person here in Rexa. Who knows? You could visit us and maybe for a workshop. I would love to. I would love to. 
Right, so thank you, thank you, Adele, and uh, and really, really, who knows, we can meet you another time to talk more about other subjects related to graphic design, comics. Thank you. I would, I would love to do it. Thank you very much for having me. I hope I came across as someone that is not completely unable to talk, but um, I think it was, I hope it was, could be understood. Was perfect. Thank you. And thank you everybody for listening to us. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. If you've enjoyed today's discussion, don't forget to follow this podcast for free on your podcast app of choice and avoid missing out on any future panel discussions. Keep up to date with us via social media at Art Design Wales. And we will see you next time.